0: And, and here we go. Let us pray. Gracious, loving God. We give you thanks. We give you thanks for this chance to worship you. We give you thanks for your word. We give you thanks for this chance to hear you. God, guide us. We may indeed do that. Hear you clearly. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen. Good evening, friends, and welcome once again to another fun-filled edition of Scripture Talk. Um, I am overjoyed uh, to be here with y'all. Um, I am overjoyed that VBS happened. I am overjoyed that VBS is over. Woohoo! I am so tired. <laughs> I am. We are all so tired. Um, but it was. It was absolutely wonderful to be able to minister uh, to that many young people. Um, to have you know to see so much of the church come together to make it happen it's an absolute joy but we are here uh, once again on a monday evening in our proper time uh, which we can be for a couple weeks until uh until stacy and i set off for umr me um then we'll have another uh weirdly scheduled episode here in a couple weeks but we are here once again to talk about some scripture talk here on here do some talking about scripture here on scripture talk um i am a pastor trey comstock with me as ever is sister brandy dudley
1: Pastor Scott Ketchup.
0: And on the ones and twos. No. Is <laughs> Stacy Tyler. A man who remains nameless. Yeah. Um, is Stacy Tyler. Um, our scripture reading this evening um, is uh, Mark chapter six, uh, verses one through thirteen. Um, it is a really strange piece of scripture is a really strange piece of jesus's story because it is jesus in his in his hometown um and you find out that jesus is not exactly a hometown hero as it <laughs> turns out um again it is mark chapter 6 verses 1 through 13 he left that place and came to his hometown and his disciples followed him on the sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue and many who heard him were astonished were astounded they said where did this man get all this what is the wisdom that has been given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is, it, is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, um, and Joses, and Judas, and Sim Awkward! And Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Then Jesus said to them Prophets are not without honor, except in their hometown, and among their own kin, and in their own house. And he could do no deed of power there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them, and he was amazed at their disbelief. Then he went about among the villages teaching. He called the twelve and began to send them out two by two, and gave them authority over unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals... um, and not not to put on two tunics, he said to them wherever wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you, and they refuse to hear you as you leave, shake the du- shake the dust off that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed uh, anointed with oil, many who were sick and cured them. This sets up a really just a really strange moment. Like, Jesus rolls into ho- his hometown, does some, like, really solid work, right? Some really solid teaching. They really see, like, oh, there's, like, really deep wisdom with this guy. And then does some healing, and they essentially run him off, be like, now nah, we know this guy. Is he not? We also get that, like, weird detail of Jesus' family. Mary and Joseph end up having a lot more kids. And also, why is Joseph not mentioned? This is where we start to build out, like, is Joseph dead? Like, why does Joseph not get named here? Now, to be fair, Mark doesn't really talk about Joseph at all. That's not anything Mark cares about. M- Mark cares about Mary, because uh, obviously we know Mary is involved later in the movement. But, like, we get this window, like, Jesus, ha- you know, Jesus had a bunch of brothers, and apparently at least more than one sister, uh, because it is sisters, not sister. Um, but we see Jesus utterly rejected in his hometown, and then we see... Jesus preparing the disciples um, for the rejection that they will face, that the way of ministry is not always one of being accepted and heard and welcomed. Certainly you will be heard some places, you will be accepted some places it will go well some places, but in other places you need to be prepared as clearly Jesus is in Nazareth to shake the dirt off your feet and keep going and understand that at some point if you're being true to God's calling, um, it is on them and not on you.
1: You know, this uh, lack of mention of Joseph here, uh, as you already said, might mean he's already passed. Uh, There's also, culturally, they would generally refer to an individual as a son of the father. Right. Uh So this could also be another one of those veiled examples, since it's in his hometown, of that talk of whether the illegitimacy of his birth is from the eye Kansas. So it's just uh, interesting you see... Jesus just taking flack. You know, right. yeah, you, yeah. you would think he'd come back as, as you said, you know, the town hero. But, you know, you come back and everybody still views you as the little bitty boy running around doing right.
2: whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're just hating on him because they'd be like, I remember you, you little boy. How are you going to learn all this stuff? Your mama and daddy, don't, and they didn't yeah, go yeah. to school? What What is this? So they're just hating on him. That's all.
0: Yeah. And then, there certainly is that. And then again, like we're setting up the disciples for... Um, that, like, there, your, you, you, what you have seen me face, you too will face. And it's for me, this kind of scriptures and one, and ones like this, where we see, we think a lot about Jesus' sacrifice and what Jesus gives for us, as as being on the cross, right? Mm-hmm. And that certainly, you know, uh, no doubt, is a really big part of it. But it's not the only part of it, right? See, what we get a window here is the like difficult existence that jesus had even as a human walking the earth as a you know as a teacher as as one who you know is trying to lead the way we see these small rejections that you know preface or you know foreshadow uh the major rejection that he's going to end up facing
1: Yeah, he himself was perfect, but the uh, life he lived was not perfect. Not meaning he made mistakes, but the situations he was thrown in. We we see in other places there was some obvious contention, at least in regards to whether he's Lord of all with his family, because his brothers were much later on coming to accept that, which, I mean, I could see that being difficult. You know, you want me to accept my older brother as the chosen one of God? I knew he was always your favorite. Uh, yeah, you and, we, and
0: we don't get a clear window. We certainly get a clear window later in the movement, right? Yeah. When we make the jump to Acts, um, certainly James, the brother of Jesus, shows up. Yeah. Certainly, as we look at later books of Scripture, we have you know we we talked about um, on a Wednesday in, our, in a Wednesday night series. We talked about the book of Jude. Yeah. Um, that is potentially Jesus's brother, Judas, <laughs> um, as it kind of sets up in the intro this is Jesus' brother, Judas, Jude, but Judas. <laughs> it, it is awkward, right? Like this is one of those like really like we we think of one Judas, A, there are many Judases um, in the Bible too. It's kind of like apparently John Smith, right? Everyone's named Judas. Um, but we, we certainly get a picture that they are, that they deeply matter in the mm-hmm. later movement. But... We don't get a sense of what are they—this is one of the few glimpses we get, maybe the only, certainly the only in Mark's gospel, Mm -hmm. um, where we see them show up at all. And it's not clear, because in the previous chapter, like, it's not clear how into what Jesus is doing his family really is. And so you wonder— what is that like is one of the things that Jesus is suffering here a strained family dynamic um, where his mother is advocating for him on behalf to his, on on his behalf to his brothers can't you imagine being Jesus's sibling yeah.
2: and having a hard time trying yeah. to gain favor with your mom and your mom is always leaning upon the, the savior of the world you don't know why as I come I feel like James His book was so hard, it's hardcore because up until that point, James probably went, I don't believe in all that and stuff, and gave Jesus slack. Mm -hmm. And but then after the resurrection, he believed in him and, like, okay, this is
0: I'm going hard now. Well, and also I wonder if it's, like, no, you're missing the edge. Like, my my brother <laughs> didn't die for y'all to not take this seriously. Right. right. I, 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 that, I've always felt that that and James is, like, there is this edge. It is really hardcore. And he's, like, no, no, no. Like, don't water this down. Like, let's be clear. Um, so you, you get, like, he has, <laughs> yes, yes. He has kind of extra incentive to stand up for jesus words because he's not just jesus follower like he he grew up with this guy right like no 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 like he didn't go through all of this for y'all to not take this seriously for y'all to kind of laugh it off like if if it was that easy my brother wouldn't have had to suffer and die right like my mother my my mother wouldn't have had to go through what she went through Mm -hmm. um if you know if if this was so easy no 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 let's take the let's let's do this for real well
3: it's like to me it's like any other family i mean you like you might suffer, you know. Like you might fight. You might have some strife or inner conflict, but in the end, you know, when it when it comes down to it, you, know, he's going to take up for his brother and go, hey, you know, this was, like you said, let's not you know, uh, overlook this or, or what he went through and what he did.
1: In addition, you know, as we're you know, thinking ahead of the direction this is going, can't outgive God. We're seeing, you know, we like, like you said, we see, we see the aspect of him giving his life on the cross, but yeah. it was, even, the life he lived was constantly giving. Uh, he he gave time away from his family. He he gave of himself, constantly. His plans getting switched up. You know, uh, last week we looked at how he had a plan, but on the way to that plan, he had two side quests that yeah. that happened, uh-huh. and through all of this, you know. We also see in this verse that he hits the highlight of, okay, here's the example. You even see what's going on in my own hometown, how it's happening to me. So you guys are to go out and you're to be giving of your life, of your time, and of your expectations in the same way I have.
0: Yeah, and and I think that's, that's the key point is you don't get to look at it and go... You know, Jesus is not asking the disciples to do something that he himself Mm -hmm. Uh has not clearly demonstrated his willingness to do. Even as he is saying, you know, kind of, hey, go out there in ministry. Um, You're going to, you're going to, you might face some rejection. You have just seen me face some rejection. So, so like, you know, this can be encouraging, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Uh you know, we've talked about this before on this show and, and on Sunday mornings. Like, you know, sometimes when you watch Paul and Peter and Jesus experience rejection that anyone else who in their ministry life occasionally like things don't go as well as you want it to you can take some encouragement that like all right like that happened to jesus too <laughs> happened to company. literal jesus yeah.
2: <laughs> he sets the example just like he says the example at his baptism he sets an example
0: in ministry like this you go through smack i went through smack you can handle it you'll be all right <laughs> right that it's not even for jesus the the path in ministry was not hundred percent smooth, right? And I, and unlike a used car salesman or a snake oil salesman, Jesus does not tell you this is going to be, um, you know, hundred percent sweetness and light. Jesus instead says, "Yo, this is this is you have seen it be rough for me. Um, it is going to be rough for you as well." And building on that, one more thing in kind of that direction is this is one of the things I love about scripture is often it shows the not good stuff, the tough stuff, the hard stuff. It is not just, you know, Jesus breezed through and everyone believed and everyone liked him. It does not read like a superhero story. It reads like real life, what real life ministry looks and feels like.
1: Yeah. Uh, A couple of funny comments going in about the brother. Uh, Jeff says, uh, speaking for like Judas, oh, come on. Not only am I com- compared to Mr. Perfect, but I have to have the name of the guy that betrayed him. Can I not get a win here? <laughs> yeah,
0: no, 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 no. You, you, got, you, got to, you got to feel for boyo Of course, uh, do you think Mary ever said, why can't you just be more like your brother? I, I, you know, because my, here's the thing, like Mary is, you know, Mary is fully aware of, you know, who Jesus is. And so one would hope um, that Mary might have thought that um but i i would like to see you know mary see barry is always portrayed as a very sensible very wonderful yeah. person and so i would like to think that maybe mary could find in herself to not say that to poor judas um <laughs> yeah. But yeah i like a two one judas two judai what is the plural of Judas's? technically in latin it would be uh, judai um uh, Joe, it, it's hard being compared, um, to what seems like the perfect sibling. Um, your sister broke six records in track, um, at the school and two in the state. What can you do? Your sister is outgoing and popular. Why don't you have more friends? Uh, you know, it, it takes until adulthood to see their flaws, but Jesus never had flaws. The brothers had to change, right? Like you see, yeah, yeah, you don't, um, yeah. You know, uh, certainly um, uh, my brother and I uh, have had a similar dynamic. And um, luckily, my brother could, you know, get to a place where he's, you know, very, now very comfortable secure in his life and doing very well. Um, and so that did change our dynamic. And like James and Judas and. Ju- well, what are all their names? Shoot, I have, I'm looking. Was looking right at them. Uh, James, Joseph, um, Judas, and Simon, um, are uh, don't have that, and and the sisters <laughs> oh, don't have that like Jesus is never going to be. Um, not only is Jesus never going to have a flaw that you can see in later life, then Jesus dies and literally rises from the dead and ascends into heaven um, as clearly God's child. Like, yeah, you got you know on some level you got to feel for them. But say, are yeah. you also kind of sit here and think about this and go.
3: You know, her telling uh, Judas, uh, you know, what would Jesus do?
2: And yeah, uh huh? <laughs> that's where the guy started. them uh, uh,
3: turning around, looking at her, going, "What? What Jesus do, Mom? Really? I mean, come on, uh, come on, now, Mama."
1: What's even interesting, just uh, just a side note. Listen to you list off the names. You have Jesus, James, Judas. Simon. Yeah, right. <laughs> Simon. So we've milked the Jays enough. Yeah, we're moving on. But yeah,
0: so yeah, it would be, You know, technically it would be Yeshua, Iago. Yeah. Um, Joseph would be Joseph. Would be Joseph. Yeah. Um, Judas Joseph. is Judas. Um, Simon is Simon. Yeah. Um, anyways, doesn't matter. <laughs> right.
1: But but in a, we're joking about all of this. But this is part of what he gave. He he, he gave up this uh, craziness because. I mean, he's out for three years doing this ministry, walking away from his family, um, doing all of this. There was even a point where, one of the other places, I think it was in Matthew, that we see the family where they come running up to tell him, yes. "Hey, your your family's should- here." And, and, uh, I, and I, ha- I have no family. family. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's like, these are my family. Who are my brothers? Who's my mother? You know, those yeah. that are seeking after God. He, he literally... Yes, because that
0: leads... That's Matthew chapter 10. Yes. Because I believe that leads into one of my favorite verses. Matthew <laughs> 10, 10, 36. Uh-huh. Yes. One's enemies shall be members of one's own household. Uh-huh. <laughs> Matthew 10, 36. Yes. That's in his office, y'all. <laughs> that is in my
1: office. It is... In Needlepoint. In Needlepoint. In Needlepoint. <laughs> yeah,
0: with a picture of a house. A friend of mine knit uh, that for me. Uh did that for me when I uh, when I did their wedding. Um, and yes, uh, Matthew, I believe that sets up Matthew 10, 36. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, this is one of those, you see, you get this window, and then also you get this, and this is another, I think, uh, touches on the, the giving angle, is how much the ministry is dependent upon those who come around it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right? That we see... The example of what Jesus was willing to give for us, which is whatever it took, right? Whether it was physical pain, social rejection, which is also incredibly painful, right? And then you see this image of disciples going out in ministry, and Jesus tells them, No, be totally dependent. Be totally dependent. Do not even take an extra tunic. They uh-huh. would have not had many clothes. Don't take extra clothes. Um, just take some good shoes. Don't take any. Don't take a bag. Take no supplies. Take no bread. Take nothing. You are totally dependent on the people that come around, that God will call to come around this ministry. Uh-huh. I think often in churches, when we think about giving, I, potluck rules apply to church giving, too. Oh, <laughs> yeah. someone, I don't need to figure this out. Someone will figure this out. No, you're the someone. Like we're the someone, right? Like Uh, you are either you are either one of two people in this scenario. You are either the the the, the apostle setting out with nothing and being totally reliant, um, or you are the people who are meant to come around it and thus supply. You know, it's not like they're going to start. Jesus is not sending them on a suicide mission to die of starvation. Jesus is saying, no, God will provide the people to come around the ministry. And so sometimes, if you find yourself in that situation where you're looking around and going, "Huh, where are the people that are going to help this thing?" It's you. It's you. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this. A little bit a curveball
3: for you guys, and I know uh, Trey. You watch John Oliver, mm-hmm, so I'm sure you've probably seen this episode. What do you? What is your? Uh, speaking of sharing, what is your
0: opinion on Christian healthcare ministries? So I think I, I've certainly I have worked with Christian health. I have worked with Christian health systems, um, and they can work incredibly well. Um, it you know like anything else, it is certainly an opportunity for. Um, care to be, you know, come through the body of Christ. Uh, One of the things that is done, you know, uh, the Christian health system in Kenya um, is one of actually the largest um, health systems in Kenya. Um, It is one of the best functioning as well, and it saved a lot of lives. Um, you know, we here in the United Methodist Church are connected to Methodist Hospital. Um, they are actually a ministry of the Texas Annual Conference. Um, I had meetings with them a couple weeks ago. Um, and, you know, they are a fully nonprofit hospital. They are also have a lot, they're also a $7.8 billion organization. So, like, unpack those two sides. But it is certainly a place where, If run, right, like anything else, if run, right, if run, staying focused on, you know, God's purpose for that ministry, it can be a place where people can experience multiple kinds of wellness, right, where they can experience physical care and spiritual care all in one.
1: And that's one of the things I like about the direction we're taking this. A lot of times you hear that phrase, you can't out-give God, and people think about tithe and offering. Yes, uh-huh. and, which is part and, of it. Which is a part of it. Uh, however, it's not like a, okay, if I write this check, it's like an investment plan where God's going to pay me back monetarily. He does bless us monetarily, but He also blesses us in so many other ways uh-huh. that, that come around it, and there's just no way about giving him. He gave he gave up his deity to become man to an extent uh laid it aside he didn't really give it up but he laid it to the side so they operated as a man and as god it, it's a mystery
0: it's uh, literally a mystery it does yeah. not make sense it's yeah. okay but
1: uh but but he, he he made changes in that and then went through actual death uh we see him giving of uh finances to people in multiple ways i hear these stories and and just of making our time go further and just helping us with wisdom and and he always doubles down as i was thinking through these things i was thinking about david how you know, after he had reached a place that his life was a little settled and things are going, and he looked around at his blessings, and then it was moved, he was moved to give back to God. Right. He wanted to build a temple. Now it wasn't God's plan for him to do that, but because it was in his heart, uh, God even doubled down again and was like, "Oh, that's so sweet. You want to? Make, you know what? I'm gonna build a house for you that's gonna last forever, and out of your lineage is gonna come someone that yeah. will sit on the throne." I mean, God, God's like, "Oh man, I like that. That's such a great you gave. Let me do you one more." <laughs> and that's the way he always
0: is. Yeah. yeah. I think, again, it is, it is understanding that we are called upon to give in our totality, to give of everything we've got, and we are called upon to meet more than just spiritual needs, right? Mm-hmm. What is mentioned here about how the community that comes around Um, is supposed to care for the apostles it is not it is largely not their spiritual health it is largely their physical health it is to Mm -hmm. keep them alive and so there is you know i we both don't want to never spiritualize it but not over spiritualize it Uh and so you end up in a place where the christian community the body of christ can be an opportunity if done well to meet all kinds of needs and a local church can be an opportunity and can be a place and can be an out that outpost of the kingdom of god that can meet all kinds of needs the question is twofold right are we willing um uh to give more than we think we can and are we using god's wisdom as available to us to do it well Right. Um, there's plenty of really poorly run ministries, and there's a lot of really poorly funded ministries, and there's a lot of really well funded poorly run ministries. Right. You need both those things. Mm-hmm. Um, you need the resources of time and money and, and all of it, and you need um, you know to tap into the unending fount of wisdom um, that God offers to us.
3: So I guess to continue what I was saying about the, uh, the healthcare ministries. Uh Oh, John Oliver was talking about how they're not really regulated well or sure. or looked after well. Do you think that maybe uh, we should uh, do that more because it kind of gives well, the, the ones that are doing the the ministries right a bad name? And you know, you get and you get stories like, for example, John Oliver, you know, was really crapping on them
0: last night. Sure, I, I think, and but that goes back to. I mean, that's what I'm saying is the important thing is to do it well, right? If yeah. you're going to step out into any kind of ministry, uh, whether it be healthcare or education or a vacation Bible school, right? Mm-hmm. Or just you know teaching young people about Jesus, right? Or just standing up in front of a Sunday morning and talking about scripture, right um you know there's the the line in god's spell just as Elijah I just said to Jezebel you better start to learn your lessons well right like we like actually put in the work whether you are a preacher of the gospel whether you feel called to impact people's health outcomes uh whether you feel called to do a recovery ministry right mm-hmm. uh-huh. um it, the, to me it is not a question of it is not a question of regulation because i don't work for a government um and it's not even a question of intention Right? I, I, I can understand a lot of people being called to do a lot of things. It is, are we doing the work? Uh-huh. Are we doing the dil- putting in the true diligence mm-hmm. uh, to make sure that we are doing something well? It's why I got a degree in public health right i felt called to um go out and do work internationally um and i had a mentor of mine i actually worked um, his name's andy fisk worked at works at methodist hospital pulled me aside and said you want to go make a difference in the world yeah i do uh get a degree in public health like what the heck is public health i had no idea what it was um it's like hey it talks about like you can build health programming and ways to improve people's lives i'm like that sounds great and so that's why i did it was that i could carry a tangible skill set that I would both go with, good, you know, good God-sent intentions, um, and also have back it up with like the technical ability uh, to do the thing I need to do. Right,
3: mm-hmm. right. So why do you, I mean? My, I guess uh, the other question I have is, why do you think uh, that Christianity has the, uh, I guess what you call it, the gotcha effect, where all eyes are constantly. On anything your Christians do, and people are really ready to jump on it and go, "Aha! Y'all aren't doing that right." See, it's well, a bunch of it's a bunch of malarkey. And
0: I, I think, I think in some ways we set ourselves up for that. Um, when we make claims of perfection, when we make claims of our moral superiority, uh, when we act better than others, we set ourselves up for it, right? And and you know, this falls under one of my axes to grind as a theologian, but like. Maybe we should lean into the fact that we're sinners on a journey, um, not the self-righteous people who have arrived, right? It's right, the, huh? the, the, the smiling people on the back of their book acting like they – with perfect teeth acting like they have no problems in the world, right? <laughs> um, it, uh, uh, you know, our friend, our friend in Houston. Um, and so I think I, I – to me that's part of it is um, we need we – oursel- we put ourselves on the pedestal. Uh-huh. Um, by how we act, by how we treat others, and so we open ourselves up. Also, like we did, we've done that for so long um, that now we've made ourselves an easy target for a media that doesn't just do gotcha to us. It, it does gotcha to all kinds of people. does gotcha to each other, right? That you know, the media is in some ways eating its own tail. Um, it has been for a really long time. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, there's an aspect that um, when you can find the flaws in others and that where they're not making it. Then it helps justify when you aren't able to make it yourself as well, and so that going into with what Trey said, it just you know puts us out there, yep. and uh, and sometimes in a way, if we grab hold of that, uh, it can be a ministry opportunity because when, when we slip. And everybody's like, ah, look. You're like, you're absolutely right. I'm not perfect, but I'm on this journey, and I have grace that'll help me continue on and to get back up and keep going. And uh, oftentimes, that's what brings a lot of people to Christ is uh-huh. not the perfection, but then seeing how they deal with what happens in the aftermath.
2: My godfather always says before he preaches, he says, "I'm an imperfect preacher, yeah. but I'm preaching a perfect gospel to imperfect people."
0: Right, <laughs> and right. but and if we all led with that. Praise God, right? Yeah. I think that I think wow. the church and the world would be in a better place. Because yeah. in some ways, right, Jesus, this gets back very much to what's happening in this scripture here. Uh-huh. Jesus shows clearly to the disciples it's not always going to be perfect. And then tells them, sends them out and tells them it's not always going to be perfect. And then what do we do? We do what the Pharisees do um, and try to act all holy yeah. um, and try to act all righteous Um, and try to act like we ain't got no problems and we got it all figured out. And particularly, I don't think that's ever really played, but it certainly doesn't play in the modern world. Uh, There's a great comment in from Joe, but if God called out the Pharisees for how much much they sacrifice in giving, but encourage us to give quietly, then it is the invest type of giving. Then is the invest type of giving no different than the Pharisees because it has to do with the condition of the heart. Right? I mean, in the end, like, we give... um, in part because the ministry of God needs it and in part because we can find joy um, in giving to the ministry of God whether we get credit for it or not, right? Um, There are, you know, people who are sent out to do the kind of active ministry and there's the whole bunch of people who are called around to support it and it is, all of that is meant to be joy, hard-fought joy, uh, but joy. Uh And that seems as good a place as any uh, to bring this in for a landing. Uh, Thank you so much uh, for joining us another edition of Scripture Talk. Uh, We will be back uh, next week with another one of these and our proper time uh, (laughs) once again. And hopefully, y'all will get to experience our new webcams. New webcams. We're uh, we're getting a camera upgrade, um, upgrade in Studio A. Um, that I am thrilled about because maybe um uh the my, my, my me and Brandy can be lit evenly but lit differently it's going to be amazing yeah. so glow you know i you know i cuz right now it looks like my eyes are in shadow even I though like they're my, my camera yeah no Stacey, you have the i mean Stacy has like an actual like video like a camcorder um hooked in you know Stacy has the main setup that anyone who tunes in for morning prayer um, um, knows well um but uh yeah so hopefully next <laughs> week things will look a little different around here um, also if you have any feedback for us uh at times when you've gave where it's made a difference for you or, or times when giving has been hard um you can leave a comment here uh, we're always live on facebook um you can also post a comment on our youtube channel on our website uh facebook uh, excuse me palestinegrace.com slash videos uh, if you want to email uh the show just uh, email gracechurchpalestine at gmail.com if you if you would like an audio-only version of this show? It is available. Just search Scripture Talk by Grace Church in your podcatcher of choice. And again, we'll be back next Monday at 6 p.m. So go in peace, to love, and serve the Lord, and fear not. Stay well. God is with us. with us. There he goes.